0: Good morning, church. Thank you, pastor. Man, what a service. Those ladies, it's like a choir of angels up here. (laughs) Not those wimpy angels. These ladies have power. That that worship was was amazing. Uh, Thank you, pastor. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to be reading out of John 13. As pastor said, my name is Sam Angulo. And it is my honor and my privilege, along with my amazing wife, my four kids, to get to call Lighthouse our home this, this church, there is no church like this in San Diego County. This church is amazing. Man, I know we're going on five years, but I believe we're just getting started. So so thank God for this church. Thank God for every one of you. I want to honor and thank our pastors for everything that they're doing for, for this opportunity. It's always a privilege and an honor to get the, share the word with you guys. And we're excited uh, to be in this series, Relationship Rehab. If you couldn't make it last week, please, please catch up. Go listen to last week's message. Our pastor laid an amazing foundation last week. Uh, I was joking with him last week. I said, I feel bad for the poor guy that has got to follow that up. Uh, So (laughs) it's up to me. He had a message called, Me Before We. And he was talking about the idea that if we want to be in healthy relationships, we need to begin by being healthy ourselves, emotionally and spiritually. Right? We have to get right with God uh, and who he has called us to be before we can be right with others. And I want to build on that foundation today, on the foundation that he laid, and I want to talk about what God expects from us in our relationships, not just our romantic relationships, but every one of our, our relationships, whether it's with family, whether it's with believers, whether it's with unbelievers, what God is asking us to do. So I'm going to play a little bit with his title, and instead of me before we, I'm going to call today, he, me, and we. And I know that the grammar is wrong, but the idea is Right? So just go with it, okay? If you have your Bibles open to John chapter 13, one of the Gospels, we're going through the Gospels in our Lighthouse Leadership College and we're just falling in love with them all over again. John 13, 34 through 35, this is Jesus talking to his disciples and he says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Can we pray one more time? Lord Jesus, thank you this morning. Thank you for the worship. Thank you because we can feel your presence in this place, Lord. We know that you are here and we know that you want to speak to us today. All that I ask is that I get out of your way, Lord, and you be the one that brings us the message. Lord, let me just be a vessel to what you want to speak. And let every ear, every mind, every heart be open. To your word this morning, we ask you in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Before you take your seat, I'm going to ask you to turn to a couple of people before you take your seat and ask them, where is the love? Where is the love? All right. I want to begin today with a little story about loving your enemies. And it's on a topic that, that always brings people together, that never causes any divisions. My little story is on politics. Okay, this is a true story. This happened a few years ago. It actually happened exactly four years ago in 2020. There was also an election year, and there was a lot of, of division. There was a lot of polarization. There was a lot of bickering, a lot of uh, talking back and forth, criticizing back and forth. And this happened at the 2020 National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C. If you don't know, they do this once a year at the beginning of the year to pray for the year, to pray for guidance. Uh, These are politicians from both sides of the aisle, faith leaders, pastors, they get together and they just pray uh, that God blesses this country, that God guides our leaders, guides the USA. Hopefully you guys are praying for our leaders uh, as well. So it's a very special day and they always... They have a few pastors do a prayer, and they have a keynote speaker. The keynote speaker in 2020 was a Harvard professor by the name of Arthur Brooks. And this guy literally wrote a book called Love Your Enemies. So you can imagine that his whole speech was about the importance of loving your enemies, especially given the political climate of the time, right? He reminded his listeners that Jesus commanded us to love our neighbors as ourselves even if we don't always agree with them on everything. And his, his book and his, his talk was uh, based on uh, Jesus' message on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. So this was his key verse. He said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your father in heaven. So he gives this beautiful talk about loving your enemies and then he takes a seat. Then the president at the time, it was his turn to go up and to share some words. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but this is kind of what he said. He looks at the guy and he says, I don't know if I agree with you. (laughs) He says, I apologize. I'm trying to love my enemies, but it's hard especially when you're getting impeached. (laughs) It's not easy, but I'm doing my best. And honestly, kind of like you guys, when I heard that for the first time, uh, my reaction was, oh my gosh, I can't believe he just said that to a room full of pastors and faith leaders. You know, uh, who would say that? Who would tell somebody who just quoted the Bible, who just quoted Jesus and go, "Mm, I don't think I agree with you. Because it's easy to throw stones. It's easy to judge. But then I thought about it. Then I had to do some soul searching of my own. Then somebody later on read this verse to me. And then I said, he's right. On this one, I think I agree with the president. (laughs) It's hard to love your enemies. I feel the same way. I know that I'm supposed to love my enemies. But whether I'm getting impeached or not, it's hard. Give you five seconds to think about somebody who's done you wrong in life. Think about who, who your enemy is in life. Five seconds. Okay, stop right there. Stop. Some of you already got a list going. <laughs> just around the room. Don't be better not be looking around the room. Okay, but some of you are already thinking of people. I know I'm thinking of people. Right? Just focus on one or two. Is it easy to love them? No. Is it simple? No. Because people have hurt us. Because people have disagreed with us. Because people are sometimes our rivals. It's not easy to love them. And it's easy to go and judge somebody else when they're not doing the right thing. But when it's, oh, we have an excuse. We have a good reason. No, no, you don't understand. Sam. My situation, it's different. I mean, he just got impeached. But me, we have our own reasons. But none of them count. So today we're going to start. We're going to start with the full acknowledgement. That both you and I recognize that loving people is hard. Can we say amen to that? Loving people is hard. And you don't have to say amen out loud, spouses. But sometimes loving the people that you're closest to is the hardest. Just wink, just wink. (laughs) I see you in the back. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's hard, especially when you're spending all your time together. It's hard to love people. It's hard to love your kids sometimes. Do you ever find yourself reading the Bible and you realize that you, you disagree with God? You're like, God, no way. Or am I the only sinner here? All right. Last week, when we were, was I the only one that raised his hand last week when pastor called us out? All right. If you were here, you know. If you weren't here, please catch up. It was amazing. Uh, listen to it. Podcast, YouTube, catch up. But thankfully, we're not at a church where you have to pretend to be perfect. You don't have to leave your problems out there. In fact, bring them up to the altar, man. That's what we're here for. And if we're being real, I think we've all had moments where we read the commands of Jesus. (laughs) Really, Jesus? You want me to love my enemies? This is what you expect from me? This is one of the verses that if you really sit back and consider it, you just go, God, how am I supposed to do that? We all struggle with this. If you don't struggle with this, we'll trade places. Raise your hand. You can come up here. We'll trade places. You teach us how. Because I'll be the first one to admit that I can't. In fact, throughout all of human history, mankind has struggled to love their enemies. It is one of the greatest challenges of mankind. I don't remember the author. There was this poem that I read back in high school. Back in the 1900s, as pastor calls it. Uh, But I still remember the message of the poem. The poem said something like, 2,000 Christmases, 2,000 years since Jesus told us to love our enemy as ourselves, and what have we done? We've invented nuclear bombs. That's where humanity has gotten after 2,000 years since Jesus told us this. This world cannot figure out what love is. You know how I know that? They say, if you want to know the heart of somebody, listen to their music. They write about it in all their songs. Love and relationships is by far the most popular topic that people write songs about, but even Mariah Carey doesn't know what love is. (laughs) What does her song say? Her song says, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. (laughs) Johnny Lee wrote a song. He said, I was looking for love. In all the wrong places. Hadaway, this one's a classic. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me no more. What does Adele sing? Sometimes it lasts in love. And sometimes it hurts instead. And this last one's my favorite. And out of all people, it's by Justin Timberlake and the Black Eyed Peas. But man, it it is a poignant and beautiful song. I want you to think that this is what the world is crying out for. This is what the world is searching. The song actually has a little piece that's a prayer. And the song says, Father, help us. Send some guidance from above. Because people got me questioning, where is the love? Where is the love? In a world where they should be finding the answer to that in church And with believers, what do they see instead? They see trolls online calling themselves Christians that are just spewing hate at every post and every comment that they don't agree with. They see people calling themselves Christians at rallies and at protests, yelling at people that God hates them because they're sinners. They see people who use the guise of Christianity to promote their own personal agendas. Their political and financial agendas. Wolves in sheep's clothing pretending to be God's church. Pretending to be the body of Christ. And You see this over and over. So you see people asking, where is the love? You see these musicians and they write songs about love and the song is a hit. But the popularity of the song lasts longer than the relationship that they're in. That's the state of the world that we're in. The number one fan at the Super Bowl today, I won't say her name. <laughs> She's got a string of hit love songs. But she also has a string of broken relationships. I tell my kids in math class, "If this girl's got more X's than a quadratic equation. <laughs> And if music is the language of the soul, then the songwriters of this world are crying out for answers to what true love really is. So where do we go when we're looking for answers? We go to the book of answers. We go to the scriptures. So go with me to John 3.16. Not that John 3.16, although that's a great one on love and we'll come back to that. But the other John 3.16. 1 John 3.16. When you want to know what love is, look at 1 John one It says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. The word of God tells us, if you want to know what love is, look at Jesus. And then go and do likewise. The scripture that we read to open our, our message. What was the command that Jesus gave us? to love one another as he loved us. That's how they're going to know that we are his disciples. That's how they're going to know that we are his children if we love one another like Jesus loved us. So the command he gave us is love like Jesus. If you read the Old Testament, there were hundreds, 613 commandments in the Old Testament. Jesus summarizes it in two. Love God And love your neighbor as yourself. And I don't know about you, but I can't even follow those two. Even those two are too much for me. Are we really expected to love how Jesus commanded us to love? I believe the Bible says what it means. and means what it says. How am I supposed to do that? God, how am I supposed to love people the way that you love people? How am I going to love people? the way Jesus loves people. There is no way in the world that I can do that. I cannot love you as much as Jesus loves you. My wife that I love with my whole heart, I still cannot love her the way Jesus loves her. Did you know how much Jesus loves you? Remember the first John three sixteen. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I got four kids. I wouldn't give any of them up for you. He gave his only begotten son. So that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, while we were his enemies, the Calvinists say while we were totally depraved, while we were standing as rivals, while we were standing against God, he died for us. That's how much God loves us. I'm a pastor and I've been a Christian all of my adult life. I can't even love my neighbor like I'm supposed to. Yeah. So then what? What's the plan now, Sam? The guy with the mic just admitted that he can't even do the very thing he's speaking to us about. <laughs> so What are we going to do? Let's do something. Let's shift gears a little bit. Put that to the side. That's a little bit maybe too much for us. So I want you to follow me. I'm going to give you a little, a little thought experiment. Okay? Imagine if Jesus had asked you to do something else that was equally impossible. Imagine if Jesus had said, my command is, travel at the speed of light. What would you answer? The disciples probably didn't know about physics, theoretical physics and stuff, but nowadays we do. What would your answer be? God, that's just as crazy. The speed of light is 670 million miles per hour. Me, on a good day, Downhill, (laughs) top speed, 16 miles per hour. That's how fast I can go. This difference is so big, the order of magnitudes are so great that in math we teach something called scientific notation just to compare numbers that are this diametrically opposed. Right? So the speed of light is 6.7 times 10 to the 8 miles per hour. My speed is 1.6 times 10 to the 1 miles per hour. That's eight uh, uh, orders of magnitude. That is more than 400 million times faster than I could go. So just like with loving my enemies, just like with loving like Jesus loved, I would go, Jesus, that is crazy. That is impossible. There is no way that I can do that. The fastest humans in the world can reach a top speed of about 24 to 25 miles an hour. Usain Bolt, the Jamaican sprinter, he's retired now, but he's the world record holder for the reaching the top speed. You know how fast he went for just a couple of seconds? 27.5 miles per hour. Even the best human in the world can't get close to that speed. But see, there's two kinds of people. There are those who say, Ain't no way I'm going to go that fast. So I'm not even going to try. But the Bible tells us that we need to be as little children. We need to have the heart of a child. I love what Pastor Joe said. Pastor Joe said something the other day at the leaders training. And I wasn't even there, but I heard about it. And I'm like, I have to share this. He said, perfection is not the goal, but we can still be excellent. See, if I go to my five-year-old, and I do this every time I get her new shoes... She puts on the new shoes. And I'm like, okay, Charlotte, now show me how fast you are. Run at the speed of light. No, Father, the speed of light is 6.7 times 10 to the 8 miles per hour. There's no way a human can reach that speed. She doesn't say that. What does she do? She takes off as fast (laughs) as she possibly can. She runs and then she runs back to me. And what do I say? Oh, sorry, that wasn't fast enough. No. Good job. Wow, those are fast shoes. Good job. Because there's people that go, I can't, so I'll quit. I can't, so I'll make up an excuse not to. But my daughter doesn't stand there with her shoes on. She goes as fast as she can. And there are people who say, you know what? I'm only at 16. If I train, I can get to 25. But you know what? If I can hop on the back of a horse... We could get to speeds of 40 miles per hour. If I can get in a race car, man, I could go at 200 miles per hour. If I can get on an airplane, JP's getting his airplane license. If I can get on an airplane, I could go at 600 miles per hour. If I can get on a fighter jet, those things go 1500 miles per hour. If I can get to outer space on a rocket ship, the world record right now for the fastest human movement ever was on the Apollo 11 mission. We were going 24,790 miles per hour. Yes, yeah, and but you're not still going at the speed of light. Yeah, but compare 16 miles per hour where I started to 24,790 miles per hour. That is over a thousand times faster than you can go on your own. Yeah. Yes, it's not where I want to go, it's not as fast as I want to go, but it's a thousand times better than when I started. What's my point? Why did I just spend th- that time talking about the speed of light? Because when Jesus tells us to love like he does, when he says, Love like Jesus, some people go, I can't do that. So I'm just going to stand here with my shoes on. But some people go, You know what? Maybe I can never love as much as Jesus. But the next time I see someone in need, I'm going to go out of my way to meet that need. The next time I see somebody hurting, I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to be a shoulder for them to cry on. I might not be able to love like Jesus, but when somebody is going through something, I'm going to do the very best that I can. And it might not be Jesus level, but with God's help, it will be a thousand times better than I could do it on my own. Look, I'm not the fastest person in the world. There's a good chance I'm not the fastest person in the room. I know a few of you can pff, smoke me. But my father-in-law, he lives down the street over there in a retirement home, in a, in, a, in a nursing home. And I've been in there. I'm pretty sure I can beat them. I'm pretty sure that when I'm in that room, I'm the fastest person in that room. I don't know how much longer, but my kids, I think I could still beat them. I'm not tried. These kids are getting fast. I'm still kind of there. What's my point? Look, I'll never be Jesus. I'll never be the most loving person in the world. I'll never be the Usain Bolt of loving people. I'll never be the Mother Teresa of loving people. But God is going to put me in some rooms. God is going to put you in some rooms where you are the best hope they have. Where you are everything that there is. You're the only one. You'll be the only person in that room that can speak love and speak life into those people's hearts. And most people, all your friends, are probably never going to meet you, Saint Bolt. And I know they're not going to meet Mother Teresa because she's already in heaven. But they're going to meet you. And you're the only example they have. You're the only example of Jesus that some people will see on this earth. I heard a pastor say that a Christian in the, in the original language means a little Christ. A little example of Jesus walking around on this earth. That's who we're called to be. And we're not called to go and shove religion down their throats. We're called to go and model a relationship with God. We're there to be the examples and the light of the world. And look, not a single one of us can carry the love of Jesus, the the love that Jesus brought to this world on our shoulders. But working together, united as the body of Christ, We could each do our part to bring the love of Jesus to a world that is asking and begging the question, where is the love? Look, I know. I know that I'm not the best father. But I'm the only father my kids have. So I'm going to do my absolute best to be the best dad that I can be. Look, I know that I'm not the best husband in the world. I'm not the husband that my wife deserves. And I'm sorry, baby, because I'm self-centered, I'm selfish, I'm self-seeking. Day after day, I fall short. But I'm the only husband she has. So day after day, I need to get on my knees and ask God, God, make me the best husband that I can possibly be. Yeah. Whatever it is that God is calling you to do, right. Right. you do it to the best of your abilities as unto the Lord, the Bible says. Yeah. Look, I know I'm not the best speaker in the world, but today I'm the one with the mic. <laughs> and I go, But I'm not T.D. Jakes. I'm not Stephen Furtick. Why even try? God didn't call me to be T.D. Jakes or to be Stephen Furtick. And God didn't put them here. He put me here. And today it's my job to bring the best message that I believe God has for us this morning. He called me to be me. He put me in this place. He put you in this place. He put you in your marriage. He put you in your family. He put you in your job. He put you with your kids. And he's asking to the best of your abilities. With God's help, you be the best that you can be. You do your best and God will do the rest. You're not Mother Teresa, you're not Billy Graham, but you're here. They're not in North County, you are. They're not in your family, you are. So you be the best parent you can be, the best uh, dream team member you can be, the best neighbor you can be, the best co-worker that you can be. And I know that I'm not the best representative of Jesus, but I know that God is not done with me yet. And the Bible tells us that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to fulfill it unto the day of Christ Jesus. The Apostle Paul, if anybody was a good follower of Jesus, it would be the Apostle Paul. But even he said in the book of Philippians, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, and we need to learn from him forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We need to be proactive about this. We need to put the needs of others above our own. Stepping out of our comfort zone to bring comfort to somebody else. Sacrificing some of ourselves so that we can build others up. So this is my challenge this week. Don't think of this verse as... Love like Jesus, it's impossible. One step at a time. Here's my challenge. Love a little more like Jesus. A little more than you did yesterday. And then a little bit more tomorrow. Just raise the volume a little bit more. Take it just one step higher this week. Text someone, email someone, reach out to someone. If you know somebody's hurting, if you know that somebody needs an encouraging word, be there for them. Be the love of Jesus in their life. Make a difference in one person's life. There are people right now asking for God's help, and you're the answer that God is gonna send. I wanna finish with one more scripture. Beautiful, beautiful, one of the most beautiful lines ever written. It is a poem on love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. You're probably familiar with it. It says, Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Back in high school, I had a friend that, that taught me something about this verse. And it's changed the way that I look at it ever since. They said to me, did you know? That if you take out the word love and put the word Jesus, it still makes perfect sense because this is a perfect description of Jesus. In fact, if you want to follow along, go ahead and put Jesus' name everywhere that the word love is. And it would read something like this Jesus is patient, Jesus is kind, He does not envy, He does not boast. He is not proud. Jesus does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Jesus always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Amen. But this is my homework for you this week. If we're supposed to be like Jesus, then put your own name there. Can we read it together? Let's do a little love liturgy today. Everybody read it together, but say your own name in the blanks. Ready? Sam is patient. Sam is kind. Sam does not envy. Sam does not boast. Lord, don't strike me down with lightning. Sam is not proud. Sam does not dishonor others. Sam is not self-seeking. Sam is not easily angered. Sam keeps no record of wrongs. Sam does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Sam always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres lies. I'm not even close, guys. And I'm the one speaking. But what's my point? You got to start somewhere. You got to get moving. Take it this month. You can throw this away later, but I'm going to ask you just for the month of February. Use it as a bookmark. Tape it to your mirror. And a few times, every now and then, read it one more time and put your name. And let it be your prayer. God, help me be more patient. Help me be more kind. Help me not be envious. Help me not boast. Help me not be self-seeking. Help me persevere. That needs to be our prayer day after day. Like the song says, the world is looking for love in all the wrong places. Because the church that God established to bring love to the world is too busy doing other things. Look, I know that it's hard to love your enemies. I'm there with you. But the thing is, that if you're just fighting fire with fire, everybody ends up burned. Evil with evil just ruins everything. We're called to overcome evil with good. So whether you're the president or a cashier or a construction worker or a stay-at-home mom, we need to make an effort to love each other every single day. And if you're here and if you came hurting and if you feel alone and you're looking for something. Let me tell you that there is a God who loves you. And there is a church and there are people around you right here, right now that care about you. And we want to be there for you. And we want to be there for each other. The title of this message was He, Me, and We. And I know the grammar is wrong, but the me goes in the middle. Because we are the gap. We are the link between God's love and a hurting world. He's called you and me to stand in the middle. Who's gonna stand for North County? Me. Who's gonna stand for our kids? Me. Who's gonna stand for our spouses? Me. Who's gonna stand for our core workers? Me. Who's gonna stand for a world that is desperate and looking for love? Me. So that one day, when the world asks and pleads, Father, help us send some guidance from above because people got me questioning, where is the love? We can be the answer. People can say, you know what? There's a church down Eucalyptus Street, and you can find the love right there. You know what? There's a connect group at so-and-so's house, and you can find the love there. You know what? I know about this marriage, and they're a model of the love of Jesus. You know what? I have this co-worker, and he is a model of the love of Jesus. That needs to be our prayer. That is our calling. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Pray with me. If this message has blessed your life, I want to encourage you to share this message with others or go online to our website and consider making a donation so that we can continue bringing you content just like today's message. God bless you.